Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson, and today I have Daniel Mangina with me today. After receiving a late diagnosis of Asperger's and experiencing what can only be described as life-shattering trauma at the age of just 20, Daniel spent the next seven years struggling to keep these revelations and events from spilling into his every area of life. As a result of his struggles, Daniel built a simple four-step system called the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Initially built as a lifelong grappling with suicidal thoughts, Beyond Intention was born, transforming Daniel's life from misery to celebration. Through his own struggles, Daniel found a path to lasting joy and purpose, and he wants nothing more than to share the tools that saved his life. To that end, he lives by this mission statement to spearhead an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role by way of a deep and often ignored or undervalued passion defined as their dream. Through his motivational speech, Daniel shares his vision of empowerment and joy. His books, Do It With Dan podcast series, which is available on all major platforms, regular blogs, published articles, and worldwide workshops have helped thousands of people across the globe. His prolific work recently earned him a spot in the Wall Street Journal as a master of success. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, hey. How so you doing? Happy. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to have you join me today. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You are very prolific. Several books that I found <laughs> online at dreamwithdan.com. So why don't you jump right in and tell us all about your history and what led you to today? Uh, the funny thing is, is that I really was, I was in a good place. I got from an icky gunky place that, you know, people got the, the headlines from, from the bio. And then I spent years rebuilding my life to a really groovy place. I had a lovely home in London. I was flying everywhere first class. I think at one point I had like six luxury watches. I had a tailor, you know, everything was really groovy. Like there was nothing was, there was no, no foreign entities kind of messing with my vibe at all. And then I kept getting this thing keep coming up about, well, this journey that you've been on, maybe you can share it with people. The book, Stepping Beyond Intention that I put out in 2018, 19, um, I'd been working on that for about a decade. There'd been a couple of wait, like a couple of attempts at getting out. And then I was like, no, it's not ready and all the things. I was like, oh, oh, maybe I just need to get the book finished. So I was like, okay, I gave some energy to getting the book finished, but then the voice kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I'd set up Do It With Dan was initially gonna be a purely business podcast. Um, a mate of mine and I had these conversations that we just wanted to put out on podcasts. This is when podcast was just getting popular. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll share more motivation and stuff with the podcast. Okay, we'll do that. And then the voice kept still getting louder and louder and louder until it got to the point that it got deafening. And a series of events led me to the place where I walked away from a multi-seven-figure-a-year business, um, packed up my life in a suitcase, a backpack, and a suit carrier, and set off to share beyond intention with the world. And here I am today. That's amazing. So tell, give us a brief synopsis of the book. 
So Step Beyond Intention goes through the four steps of Beyond Intention, where they came from, uh, the journey to them coming to life, um, which spans, I'd say, about a 12 or 13-year period. Um, the four steps of Beyond Intention are accept, clear, gratitude, and listen. And just to give you the headlines, accept means I'm the author and creator of my life. Everything that's happened up to now is my responsibility. Everything that's going to happen going forward is my responsibility. So that's the first point. Step two really explores developing a conscious and deliberate relationship with the present moment. Um, a lot of the stuff around step two came from me reading The Power of Now and being like, this is great, Mr. Tole, but I have no idea how to do this. You know, I was diagnosed with Asperger's, as you shared, when I was 27. And so I needed, I need structure. Without structure, I'm like, well, that's great, but it doesn't mean anything. And so I was like, well, what is the present moment? The present moment is here. Oh, so I don't need to go somewhere. And that's when it became clear. The thing that keeps us out of, you know, in this place of illusionary separation from the present moment is layers of stuff on top of that. And that stuff tends to be outside of the now, back in this linear thing of time. So I'm either in the past or I'm in the future. In the past, trauma, guilt, shame, blame, all the things. The future, it's anxiety, it's fears, it's doubt. So step two became this very practical process of getting into the present moment by letting go of these two illusionary points. Then with gratitude, we start developing positive expectation. How can I get into a place where I'm so certain that something's going to happen that I can actually develop a genuine, not a fake, I wrote it in my journal, I'm grateful for it, but a really deep embodied gratitude for something before I've experienced it, before it's happened. And then step four really is about recognizing that as humans, we're never gonna be switched on all the time. We're not gonna be happy every day. We're not gonna be up our spiral. We're not gonna be love and light every day. You know, the, the, the polarity that holds together the very fiber of three-dimensional reality means there's always going to be a polarity-driven tension. Nothing is one way all the time. But when we're able to stay present in the now, when we have responsibility and we're not guilt and blame, that polarity can show up, that tension can show up without dragging us into disempowering emotions, disempowering outcomes. And we can start to be that observer where we see it. So step four is all about learning how to be the observer and how to think and feel with, feel with awareness so that when we do come off, <laughs> right? When we do go off down the dark alley, when the sadness kicks in, when the depression, when the guilt, when the shame, when, when we can see it and start to immediately begin the process of healing through it so that we can move beyond it. And that's beyond intention. God, I love that so much. I love every single step and actually want to break down each one maybe a little bit more. Is that possible? Sure. Yeah, Starting, sure. I want to go backwards, sure, actually, go. because I love what you just said and fully believe in that. So from the objector's you know, point of view, walk us through how you and I and our listeners can reach that space of just listening and observing mm -hmm. our life. I think there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a bit of a cancer, I believe, in personal development, spirituality, mindfulness, that is people jumping ahead of the process. Right? Um, I love that people want to talk about instant manifestation and all the things, but really is any manifestation instantaneous? Because even when something manifests instantly, the process to being the person who's able to manifest something instantly still went through a gestation period. You know, they talk about the 10 year overnight success. Um, when we look at nature, which I love to use nature as the guiding, like the guidepost for, for how things roll, right? In nature, nothing shows up instantly. 
Everything goes through a process of growth and transformation, transmutation. Babies take nine months for us humans. Other nature, it takes longer. Um, butterfly comes from the caterpillar going through the cocoon. Everything goes through a process. That process is part of the experience of life. When someone comes to me and says, oh, how can I be the listener? How can I be the thing? I said, by going through the process of learning how to do it <laughs> and having the experiences that lead to the awareness and the, the, the ability to be the observer, going through the process of letting go of the parts of us that have us believing the illusion that we're not the observer. So my, my son's going to be seven months on Thursday, right? And thank you. Uh, and Ethan, he's a small human. You know, he's just soaking in the world. And right now he's developing the layers that are pulling him away from the truth of his divine nature. When we get to being grown-ups, we've gone through years and years of years of learning all of this. So what we're talking about really is being conscious in sifting through what we've learned as to what serves us remembering that we are already innately the witness, the observer in that position, or indeed learning the skills that are going to develop the ability to break free of those illusions that are holding us in that. But ultimately, the thing I really want to drive home is in all likelihood, in all probability, it's going to be a process. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of the journey. Celebrate that, enjoy it, soak it in and do uh, and, and, and have, the, have life. That's what life is, is that journey. Right. God, that's mm. so true. It really is a journey. And those difficult moments in our life help to push us forward. Exactly. By causing us to self-reflect. So how have you used that in your life to move you forward on your personal growth journey? You know, not always adeptly, <laughs> very rarely painlessly, right. <laughs> right. Uh, but ultimately successfully, because we, we don't actually fail at anything, right? Um, when we look at the mind, the mind is a perfect machine. It, it doesn't actually fail at anything. It's just, we don't always have a conscious relationship to what it's actually achieving. Uh, so every part of the journey that looks like it's quote unquote going wrong, it's going right. We just haven't been consciously related to what that outcome was that it was moving towards. So my journey generally has been, I, I now <laughs> after learning through experience, I seek counsel, right? I've got mentors, I've got coaches. I invest a lot in my personal development. I am mindful of the, the company that I keep because that also impacts what's going on for me. I'm mindful of the environment that I stay in because it also supports or even, you know, adds tension and more stress to the journey. But I'm constantly checking in and asking myself, is the goal that I've chosen for myself still where I'm going, right? That goal that I've said I want, is that still what I want? Okay, am I doing right now, like when I check in, am I right in this moment? Am I thinking and feeling? Am I making choices that are supporting it or going the other way? Yeah. And just continually chipping away at that. Um, and then I found that the pain becomes a lot less right the resistance drops um the, the the tension becomes more of this enjoyable experience rather than this ah, this grinding painful thing and um and overall even the unpleasant bits i can still look at with some joy or at least some expansion and some understanding awesome god that's beautiful and i really hear a um shift in perspective going on definitely definitely I had this conversation with someone today. I had a coaching call with one of my clients today and they were talking about a difficult situation that they'd just been through where somebody had done something to them and, and they were really caught up in this. They've done this. That's probably that. And, and I was like, wait, hang on a minute. 
we have no idea what's going on in somebody's mind. We have our perspective on it, but it's actually going to be our perspective on it and what we embody of that perspective that's going to lead to the actual outcome, the actual truth of it. Where the outcome is unknown, all things are possible. You don't know. The person could have made a mistake. The person could be going through something. The person might not even see what's going on with their actions. But we're not responsible to even have to do that. We don't even have to allow ourselves to get caught up in that, get lost in it, and end up going through the pain of it on a consistent basis. We can actually just leave them to be who they are, to, to do what they're doing. And the more that we start to shift our perspective away from A, trying to control other people, places and things, or trying to force our stuff on other people and more, where am I? What's going on inside of me and allowing that to naturally unfold to what happens around me. I find the less stress that we have, the more fun we have, the more abundance we have, the more joy we have, the more play that we have with life. Right on. Yeah. And that like really hones in on that step three, that positive expectation. So what was really funny about this thing is that, so I made and lost two more million pound fortunes by the age of 23, right? That was a big part of my journey. And um, I got into mindfulness, personal development, all this kind of stuff really young. I think I read Think and Grow Rich when I was like 17 years old. Um, I, I was into that. I got into esoterics really young, uh, mysticism really, really young. So I was using a lot of mindfulness, a lot of mindset, visualization and mental projection to create my reality. And that's what I actually had used to create what I did in my life. However, the model that I used had missing pieces. I used to practice a model called vision, purpose, faith, gratitude. You have a clear vision, um, you move purposefully every day with faith that it's gonna show up and you have an attitude of gratitude. And it had worked until it didn't work. So it, was, it wasn't a sustainable model. And a big part of my journey was seeing what was wrong with that, being okay with that, and actually sort of healing where the missing pieces were. One of the keys was where gratitude went in the process. Because I was living with an attitude of gratitude and I had faith that it was going to show up, you know, faith. But then faith can get rocked, right? There's a difference between faith and certainty. So what we started to look at was taking gratitude, making it a precondition and actually aligning it with having such certainty that something's gonna be a part of my life that I can actually start to connect with it from a place of gratitude and in advance. This was like this idea that just floated in my head. But one of the things that actually empowered me to start sharing this more with the world was I went to um, a, a workshop by a person who back then wasn't that famous, but now everybody knows who he is, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I went to a workshop in, in, in Berlin, as uh, is 2016, I think it was, and it was the first of his I went to and he started breaking down the science of what gratitude actually does in the mind and in the body. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm not sort of talking at my butt. This stuff is actually scientifically demonstrated to be real, that gratitude is possible in advance. And this is how it actually works. So I actually started to really get a bit deeper into the science behind it. And yes, the brain doesn't know the difference between an imagined experience and a quote unquote real experience. It's all mental impressions. It's all electrical signals. So when we present those electrical signals as if something's already happened, it changes the neural pathways. It allows the mind to start accepting it. So our habits and babies can support it. That also supports us reinforcing the vibration flow around what we want to create and just supports the whole thing going forward. But most importantly, the magic for me happened when something clicked for me. If time is an illusion and everything is now, then I'm not being grateful in advance because there is no advance to be grateful in. Everything's already now. Everything is already now. So I'm not 
being grateful for something that hasn't happened, I'm remembering the connection to something that's already here as an infinite potential for me to connect with and resonate with. So it just creates this whole different mindset, this whole different mind frame around the idea of positive expectation. Anything that we expect is gonna show up so long as it's undisturbed and unmolested on its way into our reality. When we start to support positive expectation with habits, behaviors, environment, conversations, and inputs that support it, we're simply greasing the, greasing the wheels for that to make its way into our life because it's already here and it already wants to be with us. Otherwise we wouldn't have been inspired to move towards it anyway. Oh my God, I love that so much. And I know everybody's going to want to re-listen to that part right there. <laughs> I want to rewind it already. And like what you just said right there. So break it down super easy for our listeners, those four steps, starting you mm-hmm. said, with the gratitude. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing with gratitude is we're just connecting to the truth that it's already here. This thing that I want is already here. And because I've actually started to breathe life into it through my desire, it wants me to. So when I'm approaching that gratitude in the present moment, so I'm not tied to what's going on tomorrow. I'm not tied to what happened yesterday. I'm just in this pure resonant connection with source through the present moment. And when I'm approaching that place of nowness with responsibility, with ownership of my dominion over what I actually create, it just begins this beautiful momentum to that expectation being fully supported in showing up in my life. Gosh, that's fantastic. I love it. And most everybody does function on that old manifestation paradigm that you were talking about from Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, right? Or so. It really is like visualizing what Mm -hmm. you want and experiencing it like it's in the now. That's it. That's incredible. Because it is now. And it's the second that when we start to break free of these collective agreements that we're holding, like time is this real thing. Time isn't a real thing. It's this framework that we've created in order to have order in the experiences that we're having. It serves a very good function. But when we're tapping into our innate divinity in order to bring forth consciously chosen outcomes, we need to put down the toys that we've been playing with and go back to the truth of who we are, which is an infinite present now manifestation of source. And when we're in that, when we're wearing that crown, then, oh, that wouldn't it be cool to experience that? Oh, how cool. I'd love to experience that consciously now in this collection of nows that I'm going to be going into. That would be really cool. Not I'm desperate for this thing. Oh, if I don't do this, this isn't going to happen. Or if I don't, no, it's I choose to have the fun, the experience of this thing that's already here now. I'm allowing it to come in. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really and that's a combination of that present moment thing that you were talking, the step two, being in mm-hmm. the present moment and step one, that radical mm-hmm. responsibility. One of the things I, I love, I love this whole thing of people talking about surrender, but then the surrender has got no intentionality. Yeah. Because I think what it starts to do is to lose sight of another, you know, reality, which is that the unconscious mind is moving at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. And unfortunately, a lot of people that think they're surrendering to something outside of themselves are just surrendering to the programs that have been running the, the show for them the whole time through. Unless we've done the work of actually healing that blame, guilt, shame, and so on, past-driven mindset, then when we're surrendering, we're actually just giving the power to the conscious programs, not to the divine aspects of ourselves. And so, you know, 
stepping into this radical acceptance, you know, I'm the author and creator, I'm the author and creator, dropping the co-creation. I, you know, I get into a lot of trouble, people say, but what about co-creation? I'm co-creating with source. Let me just give a little gem for the listeners around that one, okay? For there to be a co-creation with source, there needs to be a separation from source. But if source energy is omnipresent, there's nowhere and no time that source is not. So there's no separation that exists for co-creation to happen. Co means two, two moving in or more moving in unison. But there is only one, there is only source. Source manifesting and creating. So the divine as you is manifesting as you, right? But we start to separate out and come back to this ego divine divide which isn't a place that we can create from anyway because we're not in the we're not in the creative essence of our divine self so we drop that and saying me as a manifestation of the divine as an expression of the divine i'm not god god is me right in that role i am unfolding through my choices conscious or unconscious what's happening science has demonstrated this when we look at the the the, the happy byproduct of the double split experiment it showed Energy doesn't take shape unless it's got an expectant, an expectation of the observer. So when I close my eyes, there's nothing. I open my eyes, my expectation collapsed energy into form as what I expected it to be. When we're going through life, that's what we're doing. We're unfolding, manifesting through expectation, conscious and unconscious, a reality around us that we experience. I can't see my son right now. He's now in Schrodinger's front room right who knows what he's doing he could be lying down he could be sleeping he could be playing i don't know there's infinite possibilities around that as i move into the position of observing him he'll take shape according to my expectations met with my belief systems my vibrational flow and all these other pieces that come together to create the reality where i witness and observe him we're doing that with our lives all the time we are the author and creator whether we want to take that up or not is the difference between whether that manifestation they experience is going to be conscious or not. Wow, I love that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love all of it. And, <laughs> God, and that experiment, I love that experiment too, where it shows that the observer has an effect on the present moment, right? Mm-hmm. And you just full on took duality out of creation altogether, which I love because I'm always talking about co-creation, right? But I mm-hmm. also know that we're, totally you know a fractal of the one and functioning mm-hmm. as the one mm-hmm. right as an experience mm-hmm. on the planet right and i totally god i love that let's dive into um the negative beliefs and programs that hold us back from creating what you were just talking about mm-hmm. i mean look when we look at um when we look at what i call thought forms which is this whole dimensionality of the level of experience before physical manifestation, right? And how beliefs and, you know, all the, the energy of thought are all merging and, and wondrously sort of j- jiving together. And then we start looking at the quantum entanglement that happens on the back of that and how collective ideas come together and give more life to things and allow them to be, I mean, we've seen it over the past year and a half with, you know, this pandemic. Fear has become a common thing. And so that fear now becomes an infectious thing. And when we look at Bruce Lipton's work with the biology of belief, we know that most things in the body and in our reality, because it's all the same energy manifesting as form, unfolds from the beliefs that we hold. So when that belief has been infected, which is where the real virus is, with fear, guess what? What we're going to manifest from that place is going to be of that same vibration of fear. So 
when we look at the structure of society for most of us, especially in the Western world, right? I grew up in East London, now I live in Mexico, but I spent most of my, my time in Europe in East London. Like, look at what happens. They put you in pre, pre-K, pre-kindergarten, right? Then you go to kindergarten, then you go to like, in England, you go to primary school, then you go to secondary school, then you go to college, sixth form for you, your senior high, then we go to university, college for you. Then you come out, maybe you get some work experience, you go and get a job. You go and do that for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, then you get to retire and enjoy your life. At what point were you ever creating your own reality? Throughout schooling, you listen to the teacher, the career guidance counselor helps you pick your career. Then you go to another kind of teacher, then you go to a professor, then you go and have a boss. And then after that, you've got the government feeding you. At no point are we ever actually in that space of dominion. Few people break free from that, people like myself. I've only had two jobs in my life, once working in a cinema when I was a teenager and then working in a call center when I was 27 when I was building up my last business. Other than that, nobody's really told me where my income's gonna be coming from. I've always been independent. And when I've been in relationships, for example, with people that only understand, you know, the, the nine to five, it, it, it's baffling how I'm not sitting and waiting for a check, but that would be foreign to me. It's just how I've ended up, you know, living my life. But for most people, they do follow this whole thing of being fed, being spoon fed. When we look at from a spiritual perspective, when are we ever taught generally in society, independent relationships with the divine? We're not they throw into Sunday school or they send you, if you're Muslim, they'll send you off to go and learn from the Imam. If you were Hindu, they'll send you off to the temple, right? Whatever it is, right? Um, I know that um, uh, my friend Tally, she used to go and teach, she's a, she's Jewish. She used to go and teach uh, classes for the kids, like around the, the principles of Judaism. Like they indoctrinate you to a particular viewpoint. So then your whole experience of the divine gets seen through the lens that for, I think the youngest of those is what, six, 700 years old for Islam? A couple thousand years if you're Christianity. More than that, if you're talking about Judaism, because the roots of that run deeper. If you're into Hinduism, it's 4,000 years old, 5,000 years old, that religion. So all this time, people are being given the lens through which they are to see. And when people step outside of that, you're a heretic, right? You're a non-believer. You're this, you're that. We're not taught to have that independent relationship, even though when you actually look at the truth of every single one of those texts, that's exactly what it's inviting us to do. I know that firsthand. I've gone through every single one of these. I did a year. I did pray five times a day. I did um, did Ramadan. I did all the things. I did Judaism. I've done that the the, the the Sabbath, the Shabbat thing. I've done the whole thing in order to understand them so that I can see what's going on. And what I've seen is we have been indoctrinated to do things based on someone else feeding us rather than actually having an independent thought and independent process. So of course, we've never then had the opportunity to be independent, to be positive. We've just been feeding on what other people have, have given us. So that means that whatever collective agreements are sitting there between people who are feeding from that same trough, that's what we're gonna end up having. That's gonna impact what's going on with our thoughts, our feelings, our unconscious behaviors, and that's the reality that we experience. Right, how do our listeners you know, take this advice, like what, and step out of that old paradigm, mm. right? And then well, like describe the new paradigm you're talking about. Of well, for me, yes, that's what the Beyond Intention paradigm is all about, right? It's coming into a place and having a simple cycle of steps that I can go through on a consistent basis in order to not just break free and be mindlessly loose, right? But break free with an intention about where I want to go next. 
break free with an intention about what I want to experience, which may be the same thing. There's nothing wrong with having organized religion. You want to be a Catholic? Be a Catholic, if that's what rocks your boat. But let it be your own choice. If it floats your boat to go and do um, your, 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 your Juma prayers on a Friday in the mosque, knock yourself out. If it lights you up to go and light a candle in the temple to your favorite God in Hinduism, go and do your thing. If it's church on a weekend, do your thing. But let it be a conscious choice that that is how you are deepening, strengthening, and enjoying the relationship with the divine. How do we break down our beliefs and uh, patterns and programs around abundance? And what are some of those? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's look at what, what abundance is. My definition of abundance is all my needs being met and more, mm-hmm. right? When I'm working with people on creating abundance, we, which is something called the abundance pyramid. We go from scarcity to stability, stability to freedom and freedom to abundance. Those are the steps that we take our clients through, whether they coach with us, programs or workshops, or whatever. We're always addressing that transition. The fact is, is that abundance is our natural state. Again, going back to what we said earlier, stuff gets layered on top of it. Scarcity gets layered on top of it. Stories gets layered on top of it. Um, human greed and all that stuff gets laid on top of it but the truth is there is always an abundance of what we want the thing is is that what we want sometimes is an unconscious thing there's an abundance of things supporting your negative belief too (laughs) there's going to be an abundance of evidence an abundance of people that are going to tell you you can't do it if that's what's going on for you so I believe that abundance really isn't about doing more stuff it's about doing less stuff dropping the stories dropping the narratives dropping the baggage and coming back to the now and the truth that's available in the now that we are already inherently abundant and starting to see things through that perspective, through that lens and starting to reject lack, starting to reject I can't, starting to reject I'm not worthy and coming back to the divine as the divine expression of us, which is inherently abundant. Mm. I like those three that you named right there. So what are some um, opposites of mm-hmm. negative beliefs that we can bring in to attract greater abundance? I like to use something I call hard stop intentions. Hard stop intentions, basically, rather than having to, because think about it, if I'm going to go on a, a negative belief hunt, right, I'm going to be spending time digging through negative beliefs and seeing which one, like, but then what am I doing? I'm reinforcing them because I'm spending time in them. My vibrational flow is going to be infected with them. My, my consciousness is going to be infected with them like a virus. It's like digging around in the mud trying to get clean. Like I'm in the mud trying to wipe the mud off. Oh, where's the mud? Okay, go to the shower. <laughs> so for me, hard stop intentions are going to the shower. So a couple of them are, and here are some, I'm manifesting only that which is my highest and greatest good. Okay. Mm. Um, another one is you know, my world is taking care of me everything's going according to plan things are working out beautifully we'll continue to do so with ease okay right mm. another one is just continuing to tune into the heart so when we start to get back into the science again uh, the heart has a magnetic field 10 times the strength of the, of the mind and so when we actually, whatever we've got in the heart will actually overwrite what's going on in the mind so when we've got anger here it can override what's going on. That's why we get crimes of passion. The law even acknowledges crimes of passion. Like when you're in an emotional state, it throws off what's going on in the brain. So when we start to bring in abundance in terms of what we're feeling in the heart, that will override what's going on in the brain. So how can we do that? So instead of trying to look for the things and identify and pull them up, 
Start understanding for you, what does abundance feel like for you? And start to look at how you can introduce being in that emotional state on a regular basis. We teach something called a VIP day, for example, in our work, which is something that I got from one of my first mentors, a guy called Stuart Goldsmith, where you have a day where you treat yourself to unbridled abundance to the level that you can comfortably do. And then you push it a little bit so you can start to do that. You could do a purge of anything that doesn't meet abundance. People, places, things. Uh, an ex of mine, don't let my wife hear me tell you this story, but she, she wouldn't allow broken things in the house. Chip plates, throws them out. Something's broken, throws it out. Doesn't have it. She keeps her field physically anchored with only things that are abundant and flourishing. Flowers start to die, throws them out, gets new ones. Everything has to be fresh. What's that doing? It's establishing an energy of abundance in the house, which is going to support an emotional state of an abundance, which is going to overwrite thought processes and mental narratives to the contrary. So it's starting to create an environment that positively pollutes you towards feeling abundance and supports you thinking abundance. Then when you're consciously aware, what are you choosing to listen to? What are you choosing to watch? What conversations are you having? Start to infect that positively with more abundance. Get inspired. Do things that inspire you. Have conversations that inspire you. That, that self-talk, are you talking to yourself about you can't afford it? You can't do it. There's not enough. I had this this morning. I had a particularly large bill that had to go out. <laughs> and so before I went to go and pay the bill, because it didn't come up, but I could feel like it was like wanting to come up. I just reminded myself about how, you know, great a week we've been having, how great a month, how great a life we have. And that, you know, this energy is just moving through me to move on to somebody else. And then with joy and with blessing, I went and made that payment. You know, just doing things like that is going to start bringing more of an energy of abundance into your experience, which is going to positively impact your abundance experience. Oh, I love that awareness that you're bringing in and the alignment. Can you unwrap that a little bit more? Yeah, alignment, we're looking at like the different layers of our experience, okay? So we've got physical body moves through time and space. We've got thoughts, but then we've also got emotions that override those thoughts. Those emotions are an expression of feelings. Feelings are the first point of contact with vibration. So we've got, uh, we've got a physical self, we've got thought form self, and we've got a vibrational expression. The divine obviously encapsulates all of these things. But whenever we've got an intention, whenever we've got a goal, we've got an objective, we've got something we want to do, we're essentially looking at being in an experience, being in a present moment where all of us, our body, our mind, our, our feelings, all of those things are all in a certain space. They're all going to be aligned to a certain story. We can never be out of alignment to the vibrational map, to a vibrational match. It's the law of vibration. If I'm in a vibration of lack, I'm not going to have an experience of abundance. I'm going to have an experience of lack. If I'm in a experience, if I'm in a vibration of abundance and my thoughts are lack, then I'm not going to be able to move forward into an experience. I need to have the thoughts there too, and then my actions. What am I anchoring in with my actions, with my choices, with my environment? Are all of those things ready to support it too? So for me, alignment is bringing what I'm thinking, feeling, and doing in line with what I'm choosing to experience consciously. Awesome. And then how can our listeners bring awareness to that? Time, practicing, time, practicing. But you know what, I just, again, when you start at the top with self-responsibility and in the now, it's not an uphill battle, it's a downhill slide. So when I'm starting with my vibrational flow, right? And I'm starting with that vibrational flow, doing so by saying, okay, this is what I'm choosing to feel. I'm choosing to feel this. Okay. I'm choosing to feel this here and now. Okay. 
I'm grateful here and now for the opportunity to, to think and feel this, okay? And I'm doing all this knowing that nobody else is responsible, nobody else can do it for me, only I can do it. Guess what? Can there any, be anything else than that vibrational flow? But when that vibrational flow is, I've got conscious awareness, I'm really tuned into that, then what's gonna happen with the realm or the, the, the bandwidth, the thought quality that's gonna be available to me? When we're in a happy state, yeah, some you know crappy thoughts might try and sprinkle in, but they're not going to last very long because the state supports a different kind of thought quality. And that different kind of thought quality is going to support a different kind of unconscious thought. That's going to support an un a, a, an, another grade of unconscious behaviors, which is going to support another grade of experience. Yes, there is still conscious interruption that can happen, right? I can pull myself off. I can be having a good day and then go and have, you know, crap on someone or whatever and, and go up but that's where the conscious time comes into it as an author and creator of my life if I really want it I'm going to be taking that piece of time that I'm in the conscious driver's seat and looking to support what I began the flow of so I don't need to oh what can I do it's okay let me focus on getting that vibrational flow right then supporting that with the conscious thought time making sure that I'm supporting the unconscious thought and then the conscious action time, supporting the unconscious habits and behaviors to lead to what I want. So starting from the top, doing so, not because I'm scared of what's gonna happen if I don't do it, I don't wanna go to hell, you know, I don't wanna come back as a, a raccoon or whatever, like none of that stuff, it's, wouldn't it be cool for me to experience this thing? I'm excited to see what it's gonna be like being the divine expression of me, having this experience and adding to the omniscience of the divine. This is going to be cool. And from that place, jumping into the flow, then allowing the thoughts to flow from that, and then the habits and behaviors too. Nice. Thanks for breaking that down. That was awesome. In your work, you talk about money edge. So what is yes. it and how do we establish it? <laughs> <laughs> We've all had experiences, right? We've all got a physical experience. And we had this... Um, so my signature program is called Micro to Million. So we support people getting to whatever level of abundance they want, whether it's a million or more or whatever, from zero. That's whole, the whole big promise is once you invest in the program, you don't need to put another penny in. You start at zero and get wherever you want to go. So effectively, it's like having a safe with as much money as you want in it. The investment for the program is the key, and then you get what you want out of it. Uh, but what we found was, you know, time and time again, people come into the program and want to jump ahead. I want a million dollars today. Oh. And we say to them, yeah, but you, you don't know what a million dollars feels like. Mm. You don't know what it feels like. So you're not going to be able, even if it came on a fluke, you're not going to be able to hold it. 90% of lottery winners go to exactly where they were within five years because they can't hold it. I made and lost two million pound fortune by 23. Why? I didn't have the vibrational tenacity to hold that vibration. So it's always going to fall away. Sustainable abundance comes when you're able to hold it. And we do that by establishing what our edge is, and I'll explain that in a minute, and pushing the edge. The different edges basically revolve around our physical experience, which informs our mental experience and is indicative of what our vibrational experience is going to be at different levels of money. Most people, for example, they've ever bought a house, you probably saved for a deposit, right? Or for college fund, or you've got a 401k. Bringing conscious awareness that shows you what your hard edge is, the most amount of money you've ever had in your hand at any one time. The mind isn't your enemy, it's your friend, and it doesn't lie to itself either. It looks at the facts. So when you bring into your consciousness, oh, I've got 100 grand in my 401k, your mind now can't deny that you have the capacity to hold 100,000. You have an edge of 100,000. 
Now, it may have beliefs about how to get there or the time that it will take. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about the possibility that you are tangibly able to hold for a certain amount. If we push that edge a little bit, guess what we're doing? We're increasing your ability to hold more money. By pushing that edge the way that we do, we actually teach you to push that edge exponentially. By pushing the, ex ex the edge exponentially, then the amount of money you're able to hold increases exponentially. That's how we find people are able to get to, in our case, we've had people get to millions in, in less than a year because we've got a specific process around pushing that edge in a specific way so that it becomes, even, even the edge that's there becomes less, becomes more malleable and less this tight restriction and more just an indicator of what we've done so far because we bring momentum into it. We bring dissolving our ideas around what money even is as this tangible thing and that allows us to hold more and more. But the edge essentially is where have I been and where in that journey do I have a conscious relationship? And then we start the process of pushing that and stretching it so we can hold more. Oh, okay. That was going to be my next question. Like describe the edge, like what is this edge and how do we visualize <laughs> this edge? <laughs> It's just wherever you've been. It's wherever you've been. So we've got the hard edge, which is what the most you've ever held. It could be in a savings account. You could have had like a big loan coming to your bank account. It doesn't matter. The most that you've got a conscious relationship to actually having witnessed be in your possession tangibly, right? For some people, we had one person that was holding money for somebody else at some point. Like, yeah, you know, you're going to have a bit more trickiness with that, claiming it as yours. You've got a personal experience of it being possible for somebody to have it. Mm -hmm. So we want to then create a relationship to you having held it. The soft edge is where you're at most of the time, right? If you look at where you're at 80% of the time, that's your soft edge, okay? And then we also look at the manifestation edge, the most that's come to you without you doing anything. That's a completely different edge because you may believe that you can have a million dollars, but you might believe that you're gonna to have to work for 20 years to do it. You may believe that from a manifestation perspective, 10 bucks is all you can imagine. But the really cool thing is that the process of stretching an edge is the same for whatever edge type. It's just a matter of actually leaning into and stretching it out. Okay. So how do we lean in and stretch out when it comes to like stuck states and emotional blocks around it? Stuck states and emotional blocks only exist because your mind's got evidence that that's real. And it's got evidence that that's real because it's been experienced. So the hack that we often give is rather than even acknowledging the stuck state, we go to where our edge is as acknowledged and we lean into it and create evidence. If we create evidence to the positive, then the stuck state can't exist because the mind's not gonna hold two ideas. It doesn't hold two contrary ideas. It's gonna go with one. We think that we're conflicted, we're not conflicted. One is winning. Even the fact that you're conflicted is the evidence that something's actually won, otherwise you'd be moving forward versus being stuck. I'm conflicted, no, you're stuck. You're stuck because you've accepted that that's what's available to you instead of leaning into the positive. So all that we do is we just provide evidence to the mind of the positive, provide evidence of momentum. And then the mind does its own thing. It moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. Very, very effective, very powerful, very fast. When we just give it the right inputs, it's going to give us the answers that meet the expansion that we want to see. So it's just diverting into witnessing what we want by creating evidence for the mind, presenting the evidence in a language that it understands, and let's do its thing of just dropping all those negative beliefs. You won't have to lift a finger to drop a limiting belief if you give the mind enough evidence that it's just not true anymore. Wow, awesome. So it's like dreaming it into reality. Dreaming it into reality is one way of looking at it, yes. I mean, visualization has been proven to be effective. 
But what I found is people visualize way so far beyond their current limits, so far beyond the edge that nothing happens. They hit that brick wall of availability. So we have people do that in steps, what we call micro shifts, expanding the edge through visualization, through inspired action, through the practices that we're doing to expand our, our vibrational flow and pushing the edge on that incrementally until such time as we start to experience quantum leaps because the mind's like, oh, I see that we've got a reality of momentum. And then it becomes this moving freight train of abundance smashing through all of the blocks that show up. That's how we find people that uh, create massive abundance in a short period of time. God, I love that because it really mimics how life works, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> learning, so like winding all the way back to the beginning where you said like 10 years to get to X, right? Mm-hmm. But it really is like putting it into a program where you're taking this evolution process that may take five or 10 years for a person on a personal growth journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like breaking it down like mm-hmm. steps from like A to B, like always like, okay, we're always like visualizing like a couple months mm-hmm. ahead or six months ahead or a year ahead or mm-hmm. five years ahead. And you're putting it down into like, um, like abundance math. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, look, this is the thing. Everything that we physically experienced was first imagined in the mind's eye. Yeah. It has to be formed as a thought form before it manifests into, into, into physical form. That thought form appears or doesn't appear based on our belief systems about if it can and how it can appear, right? So all that we do is in baby steps, in micro shifts, begin the process of front running and being consciously involved in that thought form process. I love that. And that's it. And when you you do it with something that's close enough to your existing beliefs, that it becomes unmolested and drops in. But then when you spend so much time, when we, we break down the process of zero to a million to 14 steps, you can be zero to 1.6 million in 14 steps. By the time you get to step seven and eight, when the numbers start to get a little bit bigger, you've now got evidence that you've got momentum, evidence that when you claim something, it shows up, evidence that when you go out to create, it shows up. So what does the mind have? This is a winner. She says it's going to happen. It happens. Yeah. So this whole old story, if I can't do it, it's not possible for me. I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm tall, I'm short, I'm black, I'm white, I'm this, I'm that, I'm Republican, I'm libertarian or whatever. It's like, it doesn't exist anymore because the evidence is I claim it and it happens. So when you claim it going forward, it happens. Sweet. I love that. I'm going to wrap this into the pointlessness of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this ties in. This is a great segue because it like it ties in together. So because mm-hmm. you're basically like that is taking that purpose driven life mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the funniest stories I heard. I mean, I've never met Simon Sinek. I don't know what he's like as a person. Didn't read his book because it wasn't interesting to me. But this whole thing with start with why. Okay, then guess what happened? Everybody became a purpose guru. I'm helping people find their soul's purpose. The thing that you're here to do. Well, let's look at this in terms of like quantum mechanics and angel wisdom, right? First and foremost, for there to be one thing that you're here to do, we just denied a truth of infinite possibility. I've just said infinite possibility isn't true for you. You only have one thing that you're here to do. Now, what happens when people start doing that? They get caught up, they get stuck, they get obsessed, 
they end up not actually moving forward with anything because I can't move forward. I don't know what my purpose is. Poor Simon had to go and write another book, find your why, because everyone got stuck at the start with, <laughs> with why bit. And then he had to go, oh, here's how to find your why, by the way. Okay, but then you just contracted infinite possibility into this one thing that people are here to do. Whereas when we look at the nature of time and that we've got an evolving series of nows, in a new now, based on new experiences that you've had, the divine could have a new experience to express through you. I've personally seen in my own life that at different junctions of time, there are different quote unquote purposes that I was here to actually experience. There was a time when certain, certain things were only used for, for certain things, but new experiences, new information, new data meant that we had an evolution. Um, was it, um, this is to the positive and the negative, the guy that created dynamite, he'd initially designed it to have an effective way to like do mining and stuff like that. And people used it for, for negative purposes. Now we use it for fireworks. We use black gunpowder for fireworks. So there are all of these changing uses for things, including us as it, tools of the divine. So I like to impart upon people or just give them the thing to think about this. I'm not telling you the way it is because for me to tell you the way it is, I'm collapsing infinite possibility into the way it is. For me to say I'm right, I'm now collapsing infinite possibility of all the other people that are right too. I'm simply inviting people to bring a level of consciousness to this question and ask, has your obsession with purpose moved you forward? Have you done anything in this quest to find the one thing that you're here to do? Or could you move through life doing the thing that I really think we're here to do, which is to bloody live, right? And just experience the different textures, qualities, and adventures that the divine has got to experience through you that's available to us in life. And then when one of them feels good, we do it for, for a longer period. When we feel called to do something specific, we do it for as long as we feel called to do it. Instead of obsessing over, this is the only thing that I'm here to do for all of the time that I'm going to be alive. God, I love that. It's really living day by day and like mm -hmm. experiencing the next best thing for you that happens. Exactly. To the thing I always ask people to, I invite people to ask is this, rather than getting caught in purpose, which I think moves moment to moment, it may be your purpose for years. It could be for a week. It could be for a day. It could be for a night. What feels good and does no harm? How is the divine sparking me up and giving me a desire driven direction right now? in something that adds to life and doesn't take away because true loving life doesn't take away, it always adds. Where can I add more life to others and add more life to the universe? What, how can I contribute? And where's that feeling coming up in me right now? Is it to write a book? Go and write a book. It may be that writing the book was actually leading you to the next thing and you don't even finish the book, you're going to do the next thing. Losing this attachment to stuff, to these ideas and just being open to the flow of life and all that it has to offer us I found that to be freeing, expansive, wonderful, and lovely. Amazing. How can people work with you, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, I want to work with Dan. He's like all of my teachers all in one person. <laughs> they can head over to dreamwithdan.com. Um, we've got a lot of content that we put out. We normally encourage people to come through our doors, sample some of our free stuff, right? And if you want to take the adventure further, do that we've got some great little resources in the free resources section on the website um, i've got a free video series called how to be a harmonious money magnet video series video hop onto the site it will give you the link to go and grab that it will really start to give you some tangible ways that you can start to apply the stuff that we're talking about today 
if that floats your boat and you want to hang out with us some more, the team will be happy to talk with you and see what we can do, whether that's doing our group coaching program, coming to a workshop, coming to hang out with us, a retreat, whatever feels right. Cool. Is there anything that you would like to share with our audience today that we didn't touch on? Just not to take this all so seriously. Like, I always remember there was one thing, I can't remember where I heard this, whether it was a movie or a TV show. It's like, why do we take life so seriously? None of us are getting out of this thing alive. Like, honestly, like we're, we're not getting out of this thing alive, like none of us. So why do we get so caught up that we lose the experience of actually being here alive? Have fun, enjoy the ride, enjoy the process. And, but most importantly, just, just remember that you are divine. You're perfect as you are. There may be some cool stuff that you want to move into. There may be some experiences that it might be fun for you to move away from, but you are perfect as you are here and now. So have fun enjoying that. Awesome, Dan. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. One more time, what your uh, your website is? Dreamwithdan.com. This has been great. Everybody, look for Dan. Go online. Check out his stuff. Check out his books. This has been an amazing conversation. Go back and listen to it because there's so much, so many pearls of wisdom here <laughs> for living an abundant life. Dan, it's been awesome. Thank you. Thank so you for having me. Really appreciate today. it. It's been so fun to talk with you. And thank you everyone for joining me today. I'm Liz Peterson on Raise a Buy with Liz. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Raise a Buy with Liz and my website, Liz's Healing Touch. Have a great day, everybody. And remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.